Have you ever gotten your message lost in translation? Launched a well-thought-out content on social media only to get lost in the noise? Welcome to the Moving Beyond Acronyms Podcast. We are here to help you with practical tools to find your voice, craft shareable content, stand out in the marketplace, expand your tribe, and convert followers into ambassadors or customers. I'm Torrent, your host, a message master that's helped leaders, entrepreneurs, and businesses ignite their message with lasting impact. Each week, we will go behind the scenes to share real and deep conversations with the most prominent message masters on how they took an idea and crafted content that have trended to the stratosphere, boosted the bottom line, and improved the world around them. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode two of Moving Beyond Acronyms and the start of a three-part series called Canab. I'm your host, Torin. You ask Kanab, why so? Well, as I mentioned in the first episode, I'm temporarily living in Kanab while waiting for the lockdown of COVID-19 to end. And while I've been here, I've really seen some exciting ways of, of differentiating yourself. And Kanab has really differentiated itself from all the surrounding towns in southern Utah. It's a town that's eclectic. It's got an art gallery. It's sophisticated, incredible foods. And I think we can learn a lot from it. And I vaguely remember Kanab when I worked for Senator Hatch, who represented Utah, in his press office 20 years ago. It was a dot on the map. I was more familiar with St. George, and I really wanted to visit it because you have all these amazing parks around here. You've got uh, Zions National Park. You've got Bryce Canyon. You've got Grand Canyon. You've got Lake Powell. All these amazing treasures that I wanted to see. But when I came down here, I stopped by Kanab and I've just stayed because I just loved the way this town was. It really fit me. It had the art galleries. It had this incredible food, vegetarian food, really high end. And yet this real sense of artistic feel touched with the beautiful surrounding Red Mountains. And so what I really think about Kanab is I think Kanab is kind of like in its moving away from just the innovators of life seeing it, but the early adopters wanting to join. And you're slowly seeing how the majority of people are noticing Kanab. Kanab is right next to St. George and next to St. George as well. It's like an hour and a half away, but that's the kind of distance you face when you are here in uh, Southern Utah. But it's really growing. And St. George right now is growing exponentially. It's the fastest growing city in the U.S. But I think Kanab is going to really attract even more people in the future. When I was noticing and looking like what has really defined this town, which is close to 5,000 in population, and I believe it's the three people that we're going to talk to in the next three episodes that have really been leaders in the community that have helped define this personality. And the first person we're going to talk to is Travel Mitchell, who's the founder and director of Canyons Collection, which is a collection of four different properties with four different moods. And those moods have really slowly but surely been adopted into Kanab as the town. Uh, the second we're going to talk to is Camille Johnson-Taylor, who's the director of Kane County Office Tourism, which is the county that Kanab is in and really has been here for the last, I think it's five years, really been part of marketing and communicating that Kanab is the epic center of all the amazing parks. And it's really true. I always thought it was St. George I should stay, but it's really Kanab. Kanab is closer to all the parks 
and it is, and has this really nice small town eclectic feel. The third person we're going to talk to is Elizabeth Foster, who's the co-partner with husband Sean Foster at Sega Restaurant, which is considered the top restaurant in Southern Utah. It is got high quality food. Uh, just to give an example, yesterday when I was talking to Travis, he says, oh, we're having sushi today. Are you going to join us? And I said, no, I think I'm going to stick with my TV dinner today. But when he's telling me sushi, he says, well, you don't really think of sushi in the middle of Utah. But in fact, they actually fly in sushi from Hawaii. So to ensure that they have the highest quality. So that's the town Kanab. And we're going to take on this journey to learn on how we can apply some of the things they did to make this town what it is now and a town that's really growing in interest. So let's get started. Well, welcome to Moving Beyond Acronyms. I am really excited today. We are in Kanab at Canyons Hotel and we're in room 102, nice and quiet and cozy. And I'm here with the hotel owner, Travis Mitchell. And I have to say, I've been really, really impressed by being here. And as you guys know, I'm a solo entrepreneur. I'm also a solo traveler. I love to travel by myself. And when I was looking to, after the COVID-19 hit and I was in Salt Lake City, I wanted to get away. I wanted to be somewhere a little bit safer, cozier. And I was first in St. George. And then I stumbled upon Canyons Hotel when I was looking on Orbitz. And I was just intrigued by it. And it just hit me like all the points subconsciously when I look back on it. And then I was talking to Travis and he goes, well, you kind of fit our target audience for this hotel. And then I got to know a little bit more about him. And I realized he has four different kinds of hotel properties here catering to different people. And I've just really seen best practice in messaging and creating a message that really hits home to the right audience. And that's kind of what this podcast is about. So we're really excited to have you, Travis. So how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good morning. So thank you so much for coming on. And I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into this? And you're here in Kanab, but you're not from Kanab. No, not. I grew up in small town, Montana, left there right at 18 years old, ended up in Seattle eventually and had a background in nonprofit. So I was working in nonprofit agencies, doing guardianship and trust management. During that process, I was ready to get out of it, getting kind of tired of the whole process. And I met this amazing man named Matt Walters and we ended up falling in love. And eventually we got married. Matt was a, had a background in hospitality and hotels. And I never even had any interest in hotels except just staying in one. So, so how did you get interested in it? So I started watching him and all of his friends. They were just amazing people. They were so much fun to hang around with and, you know, go to parties and learn so much from them. And it was just this amazing eclectic group of people that I just fell in love with. My nonprofit job ended up falling apart. Okay. And I decided I was going to make the jump and jump over into hotels. Wow. Yeah. So the first thing I did is I went into, I was a concierge at the W Hotel just for a summer. Wow, that's nice. That's a, that's a nice hotel to start that was, at. That was, that was amazing. Yes, that was so much fun. <laughs> Nothing but tips and people. It was great. Then from there, I ended up jumping into the sales department at, the, at a Fairmont property in Seattle. Absolutely amazing. Started at the bottom, worked my way up a little bit. It was just wonderful. Was there for four years. After four years, Matt was ready to make a move, and he said he wanted to move to Kanab, Utah, where he grew up. And I just laughed at him. I was like, there's no way I'm going. <laughs> First of all, you know, a same-sex couple living in southern Utah. It's like, there's no, we can't do this. And I grew up in a small town, and I'd left it for a reason and never thought I would do it. But he ended up buying a property down here called the Quail Park Lodge. Okay. His parents needed something to do, so they ended up, they were pretty much our on-site managers 
I was laid off from my job, unfortunately. I came down here for three and a half months, and we did a big remodel of the property. Did you know what you how you were going to remodel? Or was no, it just he, like, well, we didn't know what just... we were doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Well, the Quail Park, they were the original owners. They were trying to take it to Canab's known for its Western heritage, right? So they tried to turn it into a cowboy hotel, right? And all this barn wood and everything, and it just, but the property was amazing. It was built back in the 60s. It had a total retro feel, um, Route 66. Six, I know. Yes. Didn't Route 66 go through here? No, no, Route 66 is down in Arizona. Very close, but we're on the same general idea. Okay. But has that feel to it? Has that feel. So we decided to take it back to that. So we took it back. We bought some tulip chairs for outside, did bright colors. Just made the property look like something would be back from the 1960s. And you can see this on the website. We have uh, pictures of all the four properties. So you can see how distinct they are. So this was the first one. Exactly. And it was retro. Because when I go there, I feel like I'm in like some kind of music video where you're in the desert and you're like, you're seeing this retro blue motel. with and it's And it's really posh and nice. And it has this kind of nice pool and you feel like you're, you really are back in the sixties. I love that. That's exactly what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened then? At, the, at that point, we were still living in Seattle. Right. We were back and forth quite a bit. Okay. I was still working at the hotel in Seattle. But how was Kinab at that point? Like my theory is, and you're kind of agreeing, is that the town kind of changed with the properties because Kinab has only got 5,000 people. So when, Almost 5,000. Almost 5,000. <laughs> yeah, almost. You're right. So you had like, you've got four very distinct properties. When you go down Main Street, and when you go down Main Street, you're seeing first Flagstone, which is your like long-term stay. And then you have the one that you just talked about. And then you go a little bit further down across the street, you got a, a Canyons Hotel, and then you have the Lodge. Mm-hmm. You have these four very distinct, and they're very much defining Kanab in a way. So how was Kanab before that? So when I the first time I came to Kanab, I it was nothing like it is right now. It was definitely a small town. They're known for their movie heritage, and there's an animal sanctuary here, Best Friends. It's the largest no-kill sanctuary in North America. It's amazing. But the town itself was very slow and quiet. <laughs> Those first three months or three and a half months that I was here, I was so, I was enjoying the hiking, but I was so miserable. <laughs> you, were, you were speeding it up. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, it was rough. And so when I got back to Seattle, it was great to be back in the city and everything. But I, I love the area of this town, but I did not love the town. And then without my knowledge, Matt ended up buying another property, the Canyons Lodge. And then he decided he wanted to move to Utah. And I just, <laughs> and like I said before, I just, there was no chance, but he pretty much said he's going to do it and I can come or stay. And right. I decided, okay, I let's give it a shot. Let's have an adventure. So we moved down here. And as soon as I got here, ago was that eight years that ago? Was, that'll be eight years in, September, in November. Okay. About eight years ago. Yeah. I, so when I got here, I did not like this town at all. And when I was a kid, one of my favorite books was a book by Neville Shute, is an Australian author called A Town Like Alice. And we'll put a link to that on the website. And it's a story about a woman. It's after World War II, she ends up in Australia. She's a British woman, but she moves to this town that she doesn't like. And so she ends up just changing it so that she likes it. So what I decided to do is Matt and I worked together and we just made the properties here what we want this town to be. And amazingly, the town started following suit. Cleaned up downtown, some of the new restaurants. Um, there were galleries built downtown. I'm not saying it was because of us, but I think that we just, you know, sparked the fire. You inspired it because yeah. if you have the these really nice hotels, you want to have something that complements it. Because exactly. you've got some really nice restaurants here now. That yeah, are- and they were not here when I was here. Um, we had one restaurant that was called The Rocking V, and that was pretty much the only nice place in town at that point. 
And now it's just full of amazing restaurants, culture, galleries, just an amazing town. Yeah, you have film festival, you have a balloon festival, you have all yeah. kinds of activities. It's just, it's, an, it's a wonderful place to be. Yeah, I, I really have fallen in love for it. So with all of this, I think before we go a little bit into the properties, I think what everyone's kind of wondering about is with COVID-19, how are you guys surviving? Because what I've been impressed with is when I'm driving along the main street, I don't see any cars in any other hotel except for at Flagstone and here. And I'm, so it's, it's, it's a minor success, even though it's, it's a really devastating thing that's happened. But what would you say has been the success factor, the, the success factor of actually people still coming here in the midst of this travesty? What we're doing different here is we're letting people know what is going on. We're being communicating as much as possible. Mm -hmm. We're sending out emails quite often to our guests that are coming, the guests that might be coming in the future. And also we're doing email marketing to our local audience. We're just trying to let people know that we are keeping this as clean as possible. We're still open. We still respect them. And also we're kind of pushing a little bit that we need their help. And people are going for that. They want to help small business opposed to some of the big chain hotels. It seems like just communicating with people is what we're doing. Right. And people are respecting that. Yeah, because um, I've liked some of your Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah. So we're just telling people that, you know, instead of canceling, rebook. Yeah. Save tourism, rebook. Have people delay their trips instead of canceling completely. Or if they do cancel, just take a credit instead so we're not giving back the deposit. We're able to use that deposit for our current operating funds and we can give them a credit for the future. And people oh, are really nice. respecting that right now. Of course, we do get cancellations on a daily basis. This has been devastating for us, about right. 100 and almost to $150,000 lost so far. Wow. And yeah, this is our busiest time of year. And as you have seen, there's nobody here. I know. Um, I'm like sometimes. Very, very few people. There's been a couple nights where you're by yourself. In I know. Hotel. I'm like, wow, I have the whole hotel for myself. <laughs> I know. Well, you've become part of the family by this point. <laughs> I know. But really what you're saying is, and I think that's something our listeners can learn from, it's really about communicating where you are and the state you are and not trying to brush over that it's so fine and dandy, but you actually need some help. And at the same time, can you reach halfway? Exactly. I think we're embracing it. You just said the perfect thing. We're embracing it and just doing what we can with it. I know that this is not going to bring everybody in, but at the same time, people are understanding what the, you know, the plight that we're in right now. We're also working with different hotels and, or sorry, other restaurants here in town and letting them know, you know, they're able to do delivery to our, our hotels. We let the, all of our guests know that they can have delivery. We have an amazing, the top-rated restaurant in town is here in our hotel. Oh, Sago, I know. It's yes, amazing. which is new, your new favorite place. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing deliveries to the room. We're able to do a to-go breakfast every morning that's hot that they can take up to their room. We do everything we can to make the guests as happy and accommodate through this hard situation that we can all work together. And that was like one hotel guest that actually I talked to stayed an extra night because I liked it so much. Yeah. So, and I've been staying here for a month. And so I'll be here until COVID is done, but it's been very <laughs> wonderful. And I think it's a lot about that feeling home away from home, as I've said in my first podcast. So with all of this, what you have right now, and I think just explain a little bit to our listeners, you have the first one that we just talked about this motel and it was called, it's called retro, right? Yeah. We call that one. So we have a, Tagline for all of our properties. Okay. So we have the four properties. The first one was Quail Park Lodge. Quail Park Lodge. Retro Cool. Retro Cool. Yes. yes. Then we bought the Canyons Lodge. Right. It's kind of a log cabin style. has a little bit of the Western heritage. We call it Rustic Chic. Rustic Chic. Yes. The third one we bought was here at the Canyons Boutique Hotel. Mm-hmm. When we first bought it, it was called the Victorian Inn. had a very much kind of a... How would you explain like Grandma Doily attitude? <laughs> it would be like the place Grandma would want to exactly. go. Exactly. 
we just had to switch that up into more boutique design. We did a more modern remodel of the lobby. The building was only built in 2000, but it had a look that it was an historic building. And, and I, felt, I feel like you could have been back from 1800 or something like that. Yeah, it's a beautiful building on the outside. We did a lot of stonework. We created an amazing outdoor area and just kind of took it up to an, a little more elegant and giving people if they would want that. So we call this classic or classic elegance. Classic I am elegance. so sorry. And the fourth property, the flagstone, is wonderful for long-term stays. And the flagstone is a property that I do not own. The flagstone, I simply manage that property. But it's amazing because it's good for long-term stays. Beautiful property. They can People can bring their animals and their pets, which they can to all the properties. Just enjoy their stay here. And at the flagstone, they're able to stay because they have a full kitchen that's completely stocked and just a very much a home away from home down there. And what's really been fascinating, when you say all these four have like a tagline, and like, for instance, with me... What I liked about the Canyons Boutique Hotel is it really feel like a sense of community. You have these fireplaces outside at every property. And I'd love for you to tell them what you told me this morning about how the different groups are different at the fireplaces. So the entire, the, all the hotels that are underneath the Canyons Collection, the Canyons Collection's tagline is your mood, our kind of accommodations. So here in Kanab, if somebody comes in and they are, we kind of direct them into the property, we'll think they'll be the happiest. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if they're European travelers and want the Western experience, we're going to put them at the Canyons Lodge, the Rustic Chic. If they're, you know, more seasoned travelers that want a little nicer experience, they're going to be here at the hotel. If they're young and want something funky, the whole Route 66 attitude, we're going to put them over, of course, at the Quail Park. What's funny is every one of the properties has an outdoor fire area. And... What we do with that is every night we'll have, we turn on the fire. People just show up. They can bring their own bottles of wine if they like or beer to sit outside. Of course, in Utah, we cannot provide that to them. So they have to buy it themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We cannot provide alcohol in Utah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a crazy situation. It's really funny what ends up at the fire is the group of people that are there. Right. So, for instance, we get a lot of Europeans that are very intellectual sitting around the fire with the Canyons Lodge. We had these amazing, amazing conversations. There was a man there one time who was strangely, the polygamy or the polyamory expert in the U.S. He's written a couple <laughs> books about it, sitting across the fire from a bishop from the Mormon church. No way. And we were sitting out there for hours with the two of them talking back and having this amazing conversation. It's one of the best nights I've ever had. Oh, wow. Yeah. Another night we had three couples and they had all checked in the same day. And I realized they were all from Dusseldorf, Germany. So You're started, kidding me. No. So I started talking to them and then introduced the three of them. Ends up that two of them live on the same street. And the other one rides his bike in front of their house on a daily basis on the way to work. <laughs> and so they've written me since. They've become great friends. So that property just gives us really, like, it's a lot of like-minded people. Here at the hotel, we have people a little more quiet. They sit out there, read a lot of books. Is this um, like the introvert hotel? <laughs> this is kind of the introvert hotel. This is definitely the people. This is the most expensive. So if that makes any sense, it yeah. kind of brings in a different demographic opposed to the other hotels. Right. Over at the Quail Park, we have a lot of fun young people that show up over there. And the Quill Park is definitely has the fun attitude. So we get some amazing parties over there. People just end up on the deck and they invite everybody over. They all grab their cans of beer and some snacks and they sit around the fire until two o'clock in the morning, which sometimes we have to go shut it down because there's other <laughs> guests in the hotel. But it's wow. just, yeah, but just having these three different properties is three different moods. People can pick what they want and they can stay where they want. And one of the things that I do when I train my staff is just to help them figure out which property is best for them. Oh, really? So do, yeah. will, will they call Canyons Collections then and ask them? Well, or? sometimes they get somebody they'll call and they have like three kids and, you know, they're a young couple and they want to have fun and they end up, they want to stay, like for instance, here at the hotel. Right. But I tell them about the other properties that have the outdoor space or the swimming pools and we ended up pushing them to that property instead. 
Okay. You know, don't force them, of course, but we do just give them the suggestion which one might be better for them. Right. Or some people just call the collection themselves and ask us which one is best. And Wow, that's kind of yeah. nice. We have had some people check into one property as well, and then we end up moving them to another one because they like the attitude over at that property. So, wow. So what yeah. has surprised you? Like, so what's really interesting, so you've really gone for three really different target audiences in the three hotels and the fourth hotel flagstone as well. You have a different demographic. What has surprised you in, in this? What's really surprised me is the number of European travelers we have. That's been a big thing here. We really do draw a lot of the European traffic, especially at the rustic hotel, okay. Canyons Lodge. And because they want that Western experience. And I've been so surprised. I can go an entire week without a single American at that property. Oh, wow. Yeah, which has been pretty amazing. Just people from all over the world and just get to know everyone. Also, just a sense of camaraderie that develops at our hotels. We have, There's some amazing friends I know are still friends out there. I have friends all over the world now. I've stayed with some of them in Italy and Australia now. Mm. People that I've met here at the hotel. You end up just meeting these amazing people. And it's, it's more of a sense of family. So a big thing that we push is instead of having, it's not a hotel where here's your key, have a nice stay. We try to make it an experience. So when they're showing up, we, we're interested in our guests. We want to know what you're doing. We want to make sure you're safe and taken care of. We want to help you with, you know, hikes that you might want to do or set up tours. Or when we first moved here, none of the restaurants that I know of had ever taken reservations. And oh, so really? I wanted to give the guests that little bit of something extra that we could make reservations for them. So we started making reservations at the hotel or at the restaurant. And now all the hotels follow suit. We just try to give them a little bit extra. And what I liked when I came in with the experience is uh, I wanted to do some hikes. So the first day you're like giving me all these options. So I got to see a slot canyon, which I really didn't know what was before I came here and, yeah. and went and saw Peekaboo. And what was interesting is you have this wonderful stack of these really nice one pages of all the things you can do in this area. Is that something you came up with or is this something you came together with the canal? Because it's just like for me coming in, what's fascinating when you read about Kanab on the website, you don't really see much about Kanab. You, you get kind of things, but not really. And that's what I like about traveling is when you come to a place where really people can show you and give you the touch and feel and give you more of a sense of what's actually here. And what I found with Kanab is there's a lot more to offer than I ever anticipated. Because I'm assuming eight years ago, a lot of that kind of marketing or ways of showing people about Kanab wasn't there. We are so fortunate in this town to have an amazing visitor center. The director of tourism here, her name is Camille Johnson. Okay. She is amazing. And she's the one who developed, really has been selling this, our town, our county, our area all over the world. It's because of her that they created what they call the adventure maps. She has just turned this town around as far as tourism and made it, again, taken it away. Like I said, it has the movie history, the Western history, but she's pushed it up a step. Just so that we have a lot more people understand the out outdoor activities we have here. We have the events you were talking about, like Balloon Festival. We have a Western Heritage Festival in the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. The, it's Western Heritage and music, so it's great. And then we also have the Film Fest, which is, this is only the second year of the Film Fest. Unfortunately, it is going to be delayed this year because of COVID. Right. But she has just pushed this town to an amazing like as far as it can go, which is so. Beautiful. How long has she worked there? She's been there a few years. I have no idea how many years. Yeah, no, but just seeing the changes that she's made since she's been in that role has it's just changed our town. And it's interesting because it seems like I don't know if people, the listeners, know about this, but there's been over a hundred movies, Western movies, made in this area. Yes, and it's funny because when I was doing a little tour, when I did the Slot Canyon tour 
we got to go through best friends has like one of the largest properties around and they let you drive through. And I remember when we were driving through this one Valley, I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I've been here before. And then when the, um, the guide was saying, well, all these Western movies were made here. Like the Apaches used to have their uh, horses run through here. You had Omar Sharif over in like one film there. And my family who are very much Western films, like I was brought up on Western films. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have been here. And I've been here through movies and it was just so fascinating. And then when you walk along the street, you don't have the star on the pavement, but you have these nice little placards telling a little bit about all the movie stars that have been here. Like Ronald Reagan's been here, Omar Sharif, you have John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. Yes, you have all these people. (laughs) But it seems like you're trying not to run away from it, but you wanted to expand that. Was it because it was not? As interesting or like, what was it? I think that, well, the movies have definitely slowed down in the last few years. They used to make so many of the Westerns here, but of course, Western movies aren't as popular as they were. No, they're not. Recently, they do a lot of, we've had photo shoots here. A couple of years ago, they did did film a couple episodes of Westworld. I know. That's what I said in my first uh, episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The entire cast stayed here and it was, oh, it was a blast for about two weeks of great people. They make a lot of small movies here, but mainly it's gone to, I think, for the print ads and the photos and... It's gone more the adventure side opposed to the Western side. That's just a personal opinion. Yeah. When did you guys start thinking about the balloon festival, the film festival? And was that like a community thing or was it Camille that led it or was it? That was, that was Camille. She's definitely, I think a lot of the community, the film festival, for instance, that has something that has created by a local member that a community member that moved into town a few years ago, along with the arts council. Camille's just done a lot of work pushing for the balloon fest. It was with our volunteer center. Now Camille's in charge of that. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing town. I, I used to, when I used to tell people I lived in Kanab, Utah, when I first moved here, I was a little bit embarrassed saying I lived in Utah. I used to say extreme North Arizona, <laughs> <laughs> right on the border. And But now I'm proud of this town. People really know this town for our art scene, our music, our festivals, and our surrounding beautiful area here. Yeah, no, And it's just, it's changed. It's a town that I'm, pr- I'm very proud to be a part of, and I'm proud to be a part of that change. Yeah, it's like the epic center of uh, of all the various things you can see. And I remember you telling me the first time, and I didn't really get it until there's such far distance from all the parks. But if you really want to see all the parks, it's great to stay in Kanab because you can see Bryce Canyon. You can see uh, Zion's Lake Powell, the Horseshoe Bend. The Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. We're right in the heart of the parks. That's what you really are. You it's, really a perfect, are. it's a perfect base camp. People come here for two or three days. We have a lot of people that extend their stay. Because they just fall in love with the area. Because you can take a day trip to Bryce, a day trip to Zion, a day trip to Grand Canyon, and then come back and enjoy Kanab and the Animal Sanctuary for a day. Yeah, and then you've got really, and the best food is really here. Mm-hmm. You've got some oh, it's delicious. incredible food, like vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Like Flagstone has the Peekaboo restaurant, which is all vegetarian. Strictly vegetarian. Strictly vegetarian and vegan. And In small town Utah, people are so surprised by that. I, I was surprised by that. Yeah. And then it seems like some of the other restaurants have followed suit as well. But that's really been exciting. Yeah. So how did you grow the business? So like you, you started with uh, Quality Lodge, Canyons Hotel, Canyons Lodge. How did you get that to grow? What was your main channel or main way of communicating? So it was Matt. He was my husband. Sadly, Matt passed away five years ago. He was in an accident. But Matt had an amazing mind for marketing. He had this idea that he, he was in hospitality before, but he wanted his own hospitality property. So he just started taking different courses. He got a certificate from Cornell. He went to school here in Southern Utah University. 
And just with his experience in working with friends and talking to other people in hospitality, he, along with me, we decided to make a property that we want we'd be proud of. Like we knew what we liked in hotels. We liked high-end hotels. We liked good, nice amenities. We liked the personal service. So we wanted to take that exact thing that we had with the experience, you know, from my experience with Fair, or Fairmont Hotels, his experience with Sheraton, and bring it into our small towns. We try to give that service in a small town, small hotel atmosphere. And it's worked out really well. For instance, we have, you know, robes in the rooms. We try to do the concierge service. We have the top-rated hotel and restaurant in the hotel. And we just wanted to give people what we can. And people come for that. People come for that. And people respect that. Our return guests are growing every single year. Yeah, that was interesting because you were mentioning that the place that has the most return guests is actually Canyons Hotel. Yes. We have a lot of people coming through. We are definitely the destination for the snowbirds. Kanab is kind of a halfway point between, you know, Idaho, Salt Lake area and Arizona. So people, when they're driving, they can, they stop here. And every twice a year, we have the same people come. I give them my personal cell phone number every year and they always call me up and they want to book again. And I just become friends with these people over the years. I, I know their dogs. I know their wife. I hear about their grandkids <laughs> and everybody that comes through, I just try to get to know. And it's just been amazing. So it is really true what I I believe it is. It's a home away from home. It is a home away from home. That's that's. And I'm very proud of that. That's exactly what Matt and I wanted to make it. Sadly, so after living down here for two years is when we bought this hotel, the Canyons Hotel. Mm -hmm. We were in the process of doing a big remodel, rebrand. This is the baby that he wanted to create. And I had fallen for his dream. It was just a beautiful, beautiful property. And we made it exactly what we both dreamed about. Yeah, I love the glass. Yeah. So you have like this very unique. So you go in and you think it's a, your Victorian hotel, but it's not. When you go outside and you'll see the pictures on the on the website, is that it's got this orange, vibrant colors that kind of fit like the Red Mountains around. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's it's got a different feel than what you would expect in a little town in Utah. Exactly. And I love the way you have these blown up glass pictures away. It's very fascinating. Well, the yeah. glass we brought in is a little bit of our Seattle background. Right. Uh, of course, Seattle with Dale Chihuly and all of the glass art in the entire city. Right. We wanted to bring a little bit of Seattle in here. You did. And so that's what we did. Yeah. So you very, very much yeah. did. So if we kind of like look into uh, kind of a conclusion here, what would you say, what have you learned from this whole experience? I've learned so much. I've learned what people, my biggest thing is I learned what people want. And I've learned that just by knowing what I want. When I go into a hotel, there's a certain thing that I expect. And I realize I can give people exactly what I want in a hotel and it works. Was there something that you did that, was, that didn't really work that you had to change? Because you say what you want and you found that, that other people wanted it, right? So you've kind of like found this connection. Mm -hmm. Was there a point in time ever there was something you really, really liked, but your guests weren't as fond of? Or has there been that kind of a mis-messaging like that. You're like, oh, I, I think I got that wrong. The only thing that we've really, that hasn't worked is our packages. We tried to work with different tour companies here in the area, create packages that had, you know, the tours involved with the hotel. And we cannot figure out why, but those do not work. People that come here are very independent travelers. That's why they're picking our hotel opposed to something that's all taken care of. They want something different. Right. And so they want to do their own work. The only thing that we found that doesn't work is, you know, trying to have everything ready for them. And they don't, they just, that just hasn't worked for us. Some people have suggestions and we have different tour companies we work with, but nobody wants the package. That's not interesting. It's so strange. And I just think it's because of our, you know, the people that we have here are independent seasoned travelers for the most part. Right. And they want I to do their own thing. Yeah. Personally, I would never 
create a pack or buy a package at a hotel because I want to do my own thing. <laughs> so it's almost exactly the same thing. So you're like the same way, but you're yeah. thinking that people want a package thing, mm-hmm. but they don't really want the package thing. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. One thing that I really work on is trying to change the Utah attitude. So many people have the attitude of Utah, you know, with, uh, you know, the religion background, with the Mormon background, with the polygamy, with no alcohol, no fun. That's kind of what they have this attitude. But they come here and we change that attitude for them and show them what an amazing place this can be. I've changed my mind completely. Like I said at the beginning, when I moved here from Seattle, I was I could not believe what we were doing. <laughs> and if I plan on being here for two years, coming up on eight years this fall, and I have no intention of going anytime soon. So when did it change for you where you didn't really like it to where you realized, wow, I really like this place? I and- think this happened, like I said, with Matt. He and I were working so much, I was definitely helping him out in this process. He died it's almost five years ago now. All of a sudden, I was in charge. And I took what he had taught me and continued to grow. He never saw the finished product for the Canyons Hotel. So I was able to finish this dream by myself with him in mind. After that, I just realized what an amazing place this is. The family that you develop just by all the guests that are coming in. It's just a beautiful, beautiful life. A couple of years ago, I met an amazing new guy. His name is Gordon. Gordon, he was a teacher in Austin, Texas, and ended up talking into coming to Utah as well. I, I, he became the new me. And he just laughed. There's no way he's moving to Utah, but he's moved here and fallen in love with it. He's working at the hotels now. Right. Yeah, we're definitely partners on this whole situation. And it's just, there's something about this lifestyle, you know, independent hotels, living in a small town with people from all over the world. It's just a beautiful, beautiful life. And your staff, too, are so service-oriented. Mm-hmm. So you've really been able to uh, communicate the message that is in your heart for the hotel to them. And what do you think that has been? How have you been able to make that happen? I try to make sure my staff is very happy. I also want them to know that they, I want them to feel ownership in the property. I want them to be proud of what they do and proud of what we're giving to the guest. Hmm. And I think that's really worked. I talked to the staff quite a bit and we just... Um, just keep an open communication. I definitely sometimes I think I might be too close and friendly with them, but at the same time, it works. Yeah, we're just, again, the family thing. We feel like we're one big family and we're all working in this together. I try not to be the boss where, you know, you're, you're working for me. It's we're working for us. We're all doing this together to create something beautiful, and we are. And you've done that. We've done that. Um, I listen to what they say as well. That's a big thing. I get a lot of suggestions from the staff. Um, a couple oh. people, they prefer working in a certain property because that's their attitude. Oh, isn't there Yes. Yeah. Oh, so wow. a couple of people, they want to be strictly at the lodge because it's fun because they can talk to the guests and be do everything over there. Well, people that are more quiet and just want to do their job, they stay over here at the hotel. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's just kind of, and so we just find And how about that, at the retro quality lodge? At uh, the retro one, we have quite an eclectic group over there. <laughs> <laughs> so all the properties, for instance, we have one person, we won't keep them exclusively at one property. We move them around quite a bit. There's people who will be, you know, primarily at the one property because that's what they prefer. But a lot of people move around and jump around. Mm -hmm. So the people at the lodge and the quail park are definitely the ones that are the most talkative. They want to hang out with the guests because the guests are coming to those properties to have that one-on-one or one-on-one experience. Okay. And so when they show up, like we have guests that come in and they might be sitting with my front desk person or myself for 45 minutes before they even end up in their room. We'll just sit around and talk about everything and become friends, and it's great. <laughs> and then we help them up to their room, and then they come and hang out with us around the fire all night. I know. I look forward so, to when COVID's over so I can actually sit at the fire. Yeah. Because I see this fire that's never been burned yet. <laughs> oh, we can take you out there whenever you like. Yes. 
like I said, you're part of us. No, thank you. So I just want to, is there anything that you want for someone that's trying to communicate a message or something that they have on their heart, if it's their business or what, is there like one thing that you would, that you would recommend? Is it really listening to other people or is it, what is it that you've kind of sensed? I think definitely listening to other people and seeing what you can find out there. But I have found, like I was talking about with our packages, listen to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing something, am I going to enjoy this? Am I mm-hmm. going to like this experience? Is this something that's going to make a difference to me? And if that answer is no, then I won't do it. Because I just, you know, I'm not saying it's just me, but at the same time, I just, I'm not going to create something that I feel that people aren't going to appreciate. Because if I don't appreciate it, nobody else will. Because I'm not going to put the effort into it that I need. That's a good lesson. So it's kind of like listening to what you really want and then match it up with the audience that you want to target. Exactly. And we, we, like I said, we have so many different people. Everybody in the world shows up here and it's wonderful. It is. But yeah, if you don't love it, you're not going to do a good job at it. No, you're not. So love what you do. So the final question that I always like to ask, it's either what is your favorite word or what is your favorite commercial? My favorite commercials, I, I love the Snickers commercials. Really? I know they're silly, but the ones about the hangry, because it's so relatable. I don't know what it is about the hangry one, the hangry commercials, because we've all been in that place. And I think it just shows you exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not, not very that's deep a good there. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it just shows it's exactly, that's what you want to do. I want to give people, and also, if I was going back to me, you know, that's something I want to do. I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to give them exactly what they want so they feel better. So you're going to give them that Snickers. Exactly. So I'm going to wait for a Snickers suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you Snickers whenever you like. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Travis, for, for your time and for teaching us about the Canyon Collections. And I would highly recommend if you're ever going to see the beautiful Red Mountains and go to Southern Utah, considering Grand Canyon, that... Kanab is this place you should stay. So I just want to thank you. And definitely choose one of the hotels that fit your personality because you've got a whole selection. So thank you, Travis. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you know at least one or two friends that would get a lot of value from this, send this episode. Or text a couple of your friends right now to WhatsApp group, post it on your Instagram stories, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget to tag me at Torin B. Share with anyone you think that needs to hear this message. And if you're new, please pop on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And how can we prove and make this better? Or how did this help you? And don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Moving Beyond Acronyms.